Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to episode 308, 308 podcast brought to you by myself, Jessica Kupferman, my co-host, the endlessly energetic Elsie Escobar, and the ever-jamming John Jamingo. How are you guys doing today? Good, good. Pretty good, pretty good. I wanted to say thank you to everyone who reached out to me in the last week. Apparently, I did a lot of more personal um, revealing than I guess I have normally because I got a lot of advice and um, relating about therapy and needing therapy and trolls. And for those of you who reached out to me about that, I just wanted to say thank you. It means a lot to me that you would take the time to reach out when you listen and just say, you know, I hear you or just something positive to me. That was really sweet. So thank you very much. I just want to say thanks. Yeah, I know. That's really good. I'm glad that you did. I'm glad that folks listened through. That was really the note that I gave to John after we finished that episode. I was like, cut the fluff. Let's get to just talking because that's the most important part of this entire episode here. I mean, you know, recording in bed was also very intriguing, I think, for our, our the folks that were like watching us because it was, you know, but if you're listening, you had no idea where we were or, or what was doing because, you know, John did such a fantastic job with the edit. But um, as he does. Yep. And he did. He cleaned it up really well, made it succinct to the point. So, yeah, it was a good show. It was a good show. I did have my first therapy appointment on Friday. And I mean, I'd love to tell you that I'm cured, but that's not how it works. That's not the way. So, um, (laughs) so like I had my first one. It was just the intake where I tell her, you know, why I'm there. She also asked why therapy hasn't worked in the past. And I said, it's hokum. No, I'm kidding. I, I basically said, because most therapists want to life coach you and sort of do this whole like, you know what you should try? Exercise and meditation. Uh, but like, I want to know why, why am I doing this? Because I feel like that's the one thing I've never gotten from a therapist. Just like, well, you know, your father was very interested in television and therefore you are a performer, you know? Your therapist is Zsa, Zsa Gabor? No, that was me being Freud. Oh, oh that's just being... <laughs> Sound like Zsa, Zsa Gabor. Did that not play out? Are you saying that that's what you want? Or are you saying that's what they've said? I want said? that. No, okay. they've... I want... I want more than a life coach. I want more than someone holding me accountable for eating good food. I want to know why I'm always trying to pick a major. I want to know why I'm, you know, if I emotionally eat, why I do that. I want to, you know, I want to know what exactly the things in my life have actually done to my psyche and how I can, you know, because how can you go past, how can you go forward if you, if you don't understand the, the back, the behind. Right. But I think, I, I mean, I, I'm all in agreement with you, but I don't think that, I guess my my question for you is that there is an element of being able to look at the life and get an insight as a therapist or somebody who has, like, I'm very, like, I get a lot of insights about people when it comes to yeah. stuff like that. And then if you spell it out for them, my personal experience is that it doesn't matter if they're not ready to hear the truth they're not ready. And that is internally, internal pain, and it's also external pain. And if I were to just say it in terms of like the external pain, I used to have yoga clients that used to come 
to and pay pay me like a premium rate to do one-on-one sessions with them. And I would walk them through how to get out of pain of their body. Like I would literally say, move your right shoulder up two inches. You have to take it back. And they would pay me premium cash to do it. And then they would come to my public classes and they would do nothing that I said. And then I, I broke up with them and I was like, I cannot in all consciousness continue to tell you how to get out of pain if you're choosing not to listen to anything I'm saying. So in similar fashion, what I want is someone to tell me how to get out of pain, but it holds more clout for me once I know why my shoulder hurts. Like, I don't want someone to be like, oh, your shoulder hurts. You know what you should try? Rotating it with circles. That's kind of how I feel therapy goes. Right, right. I'm just the kind of person that's always ready for that. I don't want... First of all, I I question everything. Right. So unless I have a good reason to or not to do something, I will do what I want. So I need someone to be like, you can't do this. And here's why. Because you specifically have an issue with scissors or whatever. You right. know, you can't cut anything because you have a scissor issue. Like, I just want to not that sounded gross, but you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. No, no, it didn't sound gross. I mean, it's like, it. I get it. Well, yeah. scissoring is something else, but yeah. I have no idea what it is, so. <laughs> cool, let's get past it then. Yes. Those of you who are listening, have a giggle and let's move on. Okay. Um, well, <laughs> yeah. Nope. You know, like there's a couple of things too that I noticed about that. And also when it comes to, you know, as we've been, mind you, again, I have not been properly diagnosed with ADHD. I have an understanding of the possibility that that's the case for me and for May, right? And so what I have noticed with her is that Every time she has to do homework, she will destroy the eraser on her pencil. Oh, my God. Nathan used to do the same exact She cannot thing. stop it. Our general understanding of people doing that would be to get really angry at her and just be like, will you be, just stop it? And like I would I, I initially would get so mad because she would destroy pencils. Yes, he would break his pencils. Yeah. And he had no pencil sharpened. I was like, you son of a bitch. It's oh, wait, insane. That's me. But you said it's of, crazy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So she would, she continues to do that. She will like, you know, take them apart. She'll chew the ends of them. She'll do like all of these things and she destroys all these stuff. And then as I've been doing a lot of research, that's actually part of her brain. Like she literally cannot at times stop herself to do that. So she has to be. Why? What is that? But it's it's just part of the brain. It's part of the ADHD brain to be able to stop. Can she destroy something she doesn't need for homework, though? Like, that's my question. Here's the thing. And so, in fact, I, I would challenge anybody who's out there to, like, search for ADHD eraser or pencil destruction or tools. And oh there are actual God. little tools that come up of the thing that you can do to put at the end of pencil so that you mitigate the problem with these external things, which was like mind-blowing to me, right? And so part of it is my understanding of the process and knowing and teaching her how to be able to manage herself so that she doesn't do that. I'm not giving her an excuse for it, but it means that I need to be more engaged with her to provide her with tools so that she can manage herself. That's what we're trying to get to. But right now she's destroying all the things. So I have to step little steps in front of her to do that, right? I'm just saying to you that if even if somebody says that, you have to first see it and then 
You have to internalize it. And it's the internal part that is the hardest part of this thing. To be able to not hear, but hear, right? I'm pointing to my head and my solar plexus. But for me, for me, though, some of that is both. When my kids were being bullied, which, you know, wasn't that often, especially for Emily, but she had a couple girls that were mean to her. And she would come home and be like, this person was terrible and called me this and showed me that and tried to hit me and is out to get me and planning my murder. And I'd be like, isn't this the girl that lives with her grandmother because her dad's like a drug addict and her mom is like, you know, died or something? And she was like, yeah. And I'm like, well, what do you expect? This is why. And she goes, I don't care why. You know, like she would be so mad at me. And I was like, well, this makes perfect sense. How do you expect to have a friendship with somebody whose home life is destroyed and then it made you know and then i felt better (laughs) you know but like i wasn't helping her solve any problems but i want to know why people are the way they are because to me it helps set expectations so i guess that's what i'm looking for i want us to help set expectations for my own self right and now and and i think you know at least for me i've been starting to move into fitness a little bit more here a little bit at a time we can go into why i like what the path to that has been, which has been, again, it's been a really, it's a, it's been a huge challenge because again, my brain gets so caught up it's with small things and it's really hard to break patterns. So in doing that, I've had to really actively be like, to really know my, un, to understand what my patterns are. I am insanely competitive, really badly. So all of my life, One of the reasons I'm such a champion of other folks that are like, you know, in the way that I reached out to you when you were doing podcasting school for women and the way that I'm like, there's enough room for all of us. To me, I recognize my initial, what my initial thing is, and then I actively counteract it so that in it, and then it feels great. But when it comes to like personal things, like when it's about me and about my body, like I usually go all in, like I fight for it. I'll be number one. I'll be the hardest runner. I will be the thing that does it. I will push my body to the thing. And like when I was in my 20s, I was fine. I was in shape. I'd always been an athlete. But then now that I'm going to be 50 soon, I have to be like... The hardest part is for You're me like, to be who like, who do you think you are? No. Yeah. Like, I have to be like, nope, I will not push myself that hard. I will not. Like, I have to stop. And then I have to address my own competitive nature, which is all the things right now. I will do 50,000 workouts. I will burn all the calories. I will start lifting and I will start, you know, and it's like, oh, my God, chill out, girl. Oh my God, you're you know? a psycho. I'm a, You're psycho. a psycho. And it's and it's. Oh my God. Yeah, I'm I'm super like, so I have to just chill out, let it go. <laughs> it's all right if you didn't finish the class or it's all right if you didn't go to the pace or it's because my body is so weak, so weak yeah. that I can't. You're like a human noodle. Yeah. And so I, but, but again, it's like <laughs> seeing it in my face, like every time I'm like, nope, nope. It's a constant, nope, 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 com- not competitive, not competitive, no competitive, no. Like, it's like a total constant thing. I'm going to work hard 
whatever I choose to become fit or do for fun that's exercise and healthy, I just have to work hard not to talk myself out of why I shouldn't be doing it. Right. Because usually it's like, like even with working out, I'm like, I can't do it because I have to drop off Isaac and then I'll work out and then I'll be sweaty and I have calls all day. Like I'll talk myself out of anything if I don't, you know, and and that's just stupid. Right. I get really caught up in like why I can or can't do something that day. And I just have to do it and not think about it. Right. I have something that I teach that I learned a lot from yoga a lot. And I tell my e-leaguers all the time is when does your nature become your asset? And when is your nature your liability? So far, I only know the answer to the last one. <laughs> I can't answer the first one at all. Yeah. And, and well, that's what I'm saying. It's like when you start to see that, then you can see that that behavior to me, that competitive behavior is a liability for me. My introversion is a liability for me a lot of different times. So I have to see like every situation to see when is these things that naturally come to me an asset to my life and when is it a liability to everything that I do. And I challenge yeah. myself with that, you know, but then part of it is not, you don't just go, oh, I shouldn't be doing that, but you actually have to then go against it. You know, you get that feeling of what you're saying, you're making an excuse, then yeah. how do you get through it? And Dr. Carmen, you can go talk to Dr. Carmen. She'd be so great with you, Jazz. Or Doctora. I shouldn't tell her sí. because it's like <laughs> that would be. We're no talking therapy. Doctora, Doctora. I love to say her name, Dr. Carmen. Carmen Roman. Dr. Carmen. Dr. Carmen. Yes, but when you say it like that, you make it sound like she's in a telenovela. Well, she's not. That's she's. You, she knows she's not. In a but you're just very, very dr- Doctora novela. Doctora Carmen Roman. Yeah. So we were talking therapy. That's right up your alley. So just wanted to yeah. let you know. Anyway. Okay. So, so yeah. If so. anybody has any tips for either one of us, hey, we are open. But alas, here's the thing. It would be amazing if you sent them over to feedback at sheetpodcast.com so that we can talk about them on the show. That would be awesome. That would be fantastic. And now, how about we move into some podcasting news? The news you can use. For the informed podcaster, podcasting news. Before we get started, just to let you know, Elsie will be at Podcast Movement University Thursday, 2 p.m. Is that this Thursday? So those of you who are listening might be, a, I actually don't know how it works. Like, I, I guess if you're in Podcast Movement University, you, maybe you can see the replay. <laughs> yeah. She's going to be talking about top three community building tips, which is something you need to hear from Elsie because she is the master of this. Oh, thank you so much. The IAB announced the 2021 Podcast Upfront Schedule, which is a diverse lineup featuring over two dozen established and new podcast networks. So the... Yeah, so the IAB to start is the Internet Advertising Bureau, and they put on Upfront, which is an in-person gathering of people who are selling advertising and people who are buying advertising. And Upfront is, this is not new, uh, the word Upfront. They do television Upfronts all the time. They do them twice a year for spring lineups and fall lineups of television, and so whoever was smart, decided they would do one for podcasting. It started about five, four years, started a few years ago. I think it was 2018 or 2017 was the first one. I can't remember. But I went to the few first couple 
And anyway, this year they're going to be doing one May 11th through the 13th, convening traditional and digital agency buyers, planners, creatives, and brand marketers to both educate and evangelize the power of podcasts to reach consumers. So what happens is they have these beautiful presentations. They stand up on a stage. They tell you all about podcast advertising, why it's powerful, why it's great, why, you know, it's the best thing since sliced bread. And then they have presentations from each network. Some of the networks that are going to be presenting that you might know, ESPN, iHeartMedia, Sony Music Entertainment, Viacom, CBS, Wondery, and Amazon Music, because now they're the same, Art19, Westwood One, WNYC, NPR. Oh, Lipson is presenting this year. That's interesting. Slate, Stitcher, AdvertiseCast. Yes. Oh, great. Advertise cast. So the reason why it's exciting to have an upfront is because after the upfront, hopefully we get a, quite a slew of information about why podcast advertising in effect is effective. And when I go, I like taking down all these notes because these networks are full of little tidbits of information like last year, you know, like CBS is a great example of this. They have the power to look at their TV advertising and their podcast advertising and say, looks like we spend $3 million here and we get this much ROI, but we spend 100000 here and we make 300000 Like they can measure which things are most effective, sort of, and then tell us which ones are the most effective. They actually are very tricky both in how they present themselves and how they present the data, at least in my experience, because one time ESPN did some math and figured that since they have, let's say, a million downloads, that they are responsible for 30% of all podcast listens, which is all fine and good if you're only counting for networks. Oh, right. If you're counting okay. yeah, yeah. large, <laughs> right, right. right. Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of like PodTrack. Like PodTrack is like, these are the top 50 shows, which is great out of the 50 shows they're counting. Like they right, don't count right. independent shows. You have to register your show to be with PodTrack. Therefore, the number is sort of happening. Right. So, yeah, but I still think the data is pretty, you know, besides them patting themselves on the back, I like to see the data that says podcast advertising is more effective because X or people say they'd rather buy something from Adam Carolla than the Big Bang Theory. That's the kind of stuff that's interesting to me and you, because when you're selling sponsors on your show, this is the kind of data that helps you explain to sponsors who maybe haven't done podcast advertising before that it's worth their time money and investment. So the upfronts are kind of a big deal. The fact that they have three days worth of presentations is kind of a big deal because that means it's growing enormously. When I was there, it was one day, maybe half a day of presentations. Um, so right. it looks like they've got a larger lineup, which is great. And um, yeah, so that's coming up in May. So we'll have to report back if we hear anything crazy about some of the data that comes out of that because it's helpful for us as well. I'm also curious about, like, you know, we were talking about, yeah, it's growing because it's more days, but I'm also wondering if it has to do with the fact that maybe they're not going to go in a big chunk. That was your experience when you attended. Did you go to like and sat in the stadium, a stadium, wherever it was being presented for like yes. five, six hours straight? Yes, it was the Time Warner building and it started at nine and then we had X, Y, and Z 
then they broke for lunch. Then they had A, B, and C. And then they hired some famous person to DJ with Shaquille O'Neal. And then everyone laughed. But yeah, it was like a one-day thing. And that was for years. Libsyn's never presented before. And not every network would present every time. So like right. there were times when iHeart would present one year and then they wouldn't be on the roster next year because maybe they didn't have anything new. But like back then, right. they weren't developing at such a hot top speed as they are now. There is also the element of having to do, I believe they're doing obviously virtual, a lot of the stuff virtual, but they're also doing, I think, components that are stagey kind of. I'm not sure how stagey it is, but kind of sort of. Yeah. I bet you they're just doing the, I mean, it doesn't say where it is. So maybe it's all virtual, but I would be surprised if they just got everyone in a room. No, I think that there's an element of presentation, but I'm just not what I don't know if it's going to be like a presentation, you know, the way that WWDC, like the key, like the main developer conference for Apple, how they have like presentations from all the developers from all over the world and they're really highly produced and they do a keynote and they do that whole thing. Or if it's going to be like, you know, faces like in a Zoom room. Yeah, (laughs) I would hope it's the first one. So the first year I went, they had the celebrity podcast hosts do the presentation first the celeb would come out and then after that they would have the you know head of whatever come out and explain all the data but the first part was both boring and ineffective because celebrity podcast hosts don't know or care about who's buying their show and why now yes they care about the idea no But the idea is to sell advertising and it's going to be hard to care about advertising when you're Katie Couric and you, you know, and you have your own television show. Like they're just there because some producer said it would be a good idea and hope it works out. Like she can't go up there and be like, podcasting is the number one source of anything because she just walks in, turns on a mic, walks out. So it ended up being like, why are you here again? You know, and some of them were even like, I don't know who was it. I think it was even Chris. Um. Who's the guy that used to do the goat boy on Saturday Night Live? Oh, God. Jim Brewer. Jim Brewer was there one time and he was like, to be honest with you, I don't even know why I'm here, he said. Oh, gosh. <laughs> well, there you have it. I enjoyed it. Well, that moment immensely. Yeah. Okay, anyway. But leading into that, that lets us go into the next bit of news, which was that Lipson announces agreement to acquire advertised cast and raise $25 million uh, in new equity commitments. So that is big news coming from Liberated Syndication. And part of this is just that this isn't going to be like you get sucked into the larger thing. Advertised cast is going to continue being advertised cast. We talked about this way back when this happened, but Libsyn also acquired Pair Networks, which is a web hosting company where they have, you know, it's like they have their own team, they have their own thing happening, they have their own office, they have their own clients, they have their own onboarding, they have all of those things that are happening separately. It's, we work together occasionally, but it's a completely separate business. And that's sort of what Advertise Cast is. Stay tuned for developments as things start to open up in terms of the Lipson 5 platform being developed and possible integration with Advertise Cast at some point. But anybody who is working with Advertise Cast currently, it's not like you have to move to Lipson or anything. You do your you do your thing, you do that. And there you have it. <laughs> and so. there you have it. <laughs> and there you have it. 
If you have any questions, you can listen to our upcoming episode of The Feed. Actually, it will be out by the time that this happens. I believe it's episode 190 of The Feed. And I'll put it in the show notes in case y'all want to listen to some of those things coming directly from The Lipsum Podcast. Also, this is something that I really love. And I... I challenge everybody that listens to this podcast to participate because I think this is like one of the best, most exciting initiatives that Podchaser had. They started last year and it worked really well. And I'm I'm hoping that this is going to happen even better. Um, it, it is the uh, initiative called Hashtag Reviews for Good, which is with the number four, Reviews for Good. And Lipson is actually... They're going to be able to match any time that you leave a review to a Libsyn-hosted podcast, 25 cents of that goes to Meals on Wheels. And also, if you comment on a review, that also counts. Mind you, Lipson is not the only one. I'm just saying if you have a Lipson comment, like you don't have to, Buzzsprout is doing the same thing. There's like four or five other companies that are participating this year. So everybody is going to be matching that. And like the $25 are going to be, um, excuse me, 25 cents for every review. So if you have a podcast, regardless of where it's hosted, either ask your people for reviews on Podchaser, on Podchaser. And every review is going to then give 25 cents to Meals on Wheels. I am super excited about this. And also, if you want to, just make money for Meals on Wheels. <laughs> Go review a bunch of shows that you love. This is the time for you to do it. Just being altruistic. You really don't have to do anything out of your own pocket. All you have to do is love on those that you love and you'll be making money for them. So it's really good. Mm-hmm. I love it. Not to go back to the original topic, but one of the um, side effects of ADHD can sometimes be oversensitivity to taste, sound, smell, touch, etc. And I'm having an issue right now where I'm using different earbuds oh, no. and I feel like they're stabbing my ears with hay. It's so itchy. I can't stop it from itching. It's I'm making so me sorry. crazy. Okay. That's all I wanted to say. Okay. Next up is... Entercom rebrands to, I'm going to spell it first, <laughs> A-U-D-A-C-Y. So the end of it is A-C, like Lacey, and the beginning is odd, like audio. So I'm going to go with Audacy. Or. But it could be Odyssey, it but then it's Odyssey. not O-D-Y-S-S. O-D-Y-S-S-E-Y is Odyssey. A-U-D-A-C-I-T-Y is Audacity. Right. So this is Odyssey, Audacy, Audacy. Just stop it. Just if you're going to name your company something, could you just have some umlauts or something over the letters so we know what's happening? Anyway, (laughs) I love the word umlau. You know, that should be the name of a company. Just call it umlau. It's perfect. You know what? It's like it's either all of these companies that are naming things like all. Or they're naming their companies like somebody else's name, their company, exactly the same. 
and they're not even searching. It's like, it's, it's, you know, when podcasters are like, you know what? I'm going to have a show about podcasting. It's just going to be interviews with podcasters. <gasps> yeah. And then they're like, I think I just thought of the best idea ever. And you're like, oh my God. Uh -huh. But anyway, it's like you get that idea and then you don't even bother to go search. Yes. But so like pod science, pod corn. Yes. Pod dacity. Pod dacity. Mayhem. Hey, you know, that probably would have been better. Podacity. Podacity. Yeah, I've never seen that one, but there's a lot of podcasts, something somethings, and it's, yeah, it's hard to keep track of it all. And it's not only that, but when you do that, it's hard for the consumer to remember which thing you do. Yes. And then you go, like, you, why will people, a, yeah, yeah. Why will people think Audacy and Audacity aren't the same thing? Or Odyssey, yeah, or Odyssey, whatever. And then there's also Audition. We always, we are already interested. Oh my God, like, yes. When I say Audition or Audacity, I'm trying to explain to somebody and sometimes I'm like, it's not Audacity, it's, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, it's the other one. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's all I say. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. So anyway, Odacy, as they're hopefully being called, is now the conglomeration of Cadence 13, Pineapple Street Media, and the ad network Podcorn. They're going to keep expanding. So Cadence 13, I don't remember what shows they do. And Pineapple Street, I don't remember what shows they do. I only know that they're owned by Jenna Weiss Berman because she was one of the first podcast women hosted, women owned podcast networks. Mm -hmm. They're looking to expand, they're rebranding, and they're announcing a new podcast partnership with Demi Lovato, a partnership with BET MGM to create content around sports betting, and a plan to debut new original shows on its listening app. App, which used to be radio.com, the radio.com right. app. Right. If you think about this, though, but this is like when you mentioned those three companies, that's just like one small thing. Intercom is like yeah. the big one, right? And then there's radio.com that had the large letters, like not the large, like <laughs> not like what is it? Um, yeah. Capital letters. So the way that it was branded, it was always like radio, radio screaming, radio. It was all capital letters. Radio.com <laughs> right. was also its own thing. So all of this is now coming together into ah, Daisy, Odyssey, mm -hmm. ah, whatever. Come. Yeah. Right. Anyway. So it looks like Cadence 13 has the Rachel Hollis podcast. They have Pod Save America, Pod is a Woman, Happier with All Gretchen Rubin, Straight Up. Yeah, I'm just trying to see like what stuff you would know on their network. That's pretty, honestly, that's pretty much it, I think. But I'm pretty sure this audience, that's pretty much all that you know. And then Pineapple Street has, let's see. So it's funny because Cadence 13, it does have on their on their website, they're the Netflix of podcasting, which I thought was very interesting. Oh. Um, all right, then. How many of those okay, are so there? Pineapple too? Street has what well, Netflix is of all of them yes. are obviously. I, know. <laughs> I don't see anything on. Oh, Missing from Richard Simmons. Well, that's one of the ones we talked about. Oh, Missing right. by Richard Simmons oh. is on Pineapple Street. Right. That was so famous. There's a bunch of TV ones. So Stranger Things podcast, a Lovecraft County or Country Radio. 
Oh, the Women of the Hour show with Lena Dunham. We've talked about that one in the, but you know, lots of shows, lots of good, good shows. And then Podcorn. I actually really like Podcorn. I don't know if I'm sad or happy about this because Podcorn, I put our show on there and then they're always sending me like new advertisers that come in. So it'll be like, once a week, I get a list of weird vitamin companies or right. mattress owners that would like to advertise on my website. I never do anything or on our show. I never really do anything about it because every time I look, what it looks like they're always doing CPM. But I do check. So I don't know. If I were you guys and you're listening to this, sign up for Podcorn just to see what happens because they do send you sponsorship information about shows that might be willing to sponsor your show i was planning on using it to see if we could find sponsors for the event to be honest with you Mm. because i thought here's a whole lot of pod you want to get in front of podcasters i mean they have like the infrastructure to be able to provide all the things for yeah for that mind you i do believe that they do a lot of i may be wrong please because as you know i despise anything related to (laughs) advertising and podcasting as it industry, not she podcast related. I am a huge fan of any kind of sponsorship we get for the show because we do it our way. And I really believe in partnership and partnering with brands and doing fun things and making sure that everybody's like, so it's a different whole entire culture to sponsor she podcast as a brand. So I'm not talking about that. I am also not poo-pooing sponsorship. I dislike terribly talking about in the industry. Advertising and sponsorship in the podcasting industry as it stands is possibly, I just can't handle it. It's so boring to me. So given that, I think (laughs) that Podcorn uses a lot of uh, dynamic ad insertion technology. Oh, I don't even know. Do they? I don't even know they do. I think that, yeah, not that they are moving. It's not like they are using it. I'm saying they often run campaigns that are these type of campaigns. So they do a lot of, this is going to be great because a lot of those companies that are creating, it's going to be great for them. I'm not saying great for everybody, but great for them because a lot of the podcasts are hosted in a specific place. And I think, you know, Entercom owns, I don't know, is it Acast? And I think a lot of the shows that, you know, from Cadence 13 and Pineapple Street Media are hosted with that one host and they all... So it's the whole infrastructure, right? Which is easier for most people to be able to deal with all yeah. of that stuff. But anyway, that's exciting. Ha. Huh. It is. Huh. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'm going to talk about this really quickly just for y'all to keep an eye out. We've been talking a lot about iOS 14.5 and the change in the podcast app you know, with the language from subscribe to follow. So that's for the podcasting industry. That's been like a thing. That's the conversation that we're having. But actually, the other huge thing about iOS 14.5 is that Apple is putting out this pretty hefty privacy update to that entire OS. And it is called, who knew? It is called ATT or App Tracking transparency framework, app tracking, transparency, yeah, network. So what that means is, and it all actually, you know what, Jess, it already kind of started to happen, at least from Facebook and Instagram, where you open an iOS and it gives you this thing where it says, Apple is updating their privacy policy and you're going to have to opt in to being tracked. And then it 
it like shows you, you have to acknowledge and say, yes, I want you to track me. And then it breaks it all down. Like I have access to your this and to that thing and to this other thing and to this thing and to that thing and that thing and this thing and the other thing. And so you either pick, (laughs) yeah, or you pick by whichever ones you want, or it says just decline it. And then if you decline it, it says, but if you decline it, we won't be able to give you the best advertising that we could possibly give you because we won't know what you're doing. <laughs> right. So, so anyway, this is coming. And so a lot of apps are being rejected because it's not just apps like Facebook, but there are many apps out there that are tracking you in ways that you didn't even know nor need to have being tracked. Just keeping an eye out on this because it is going to be a larger conversation from now on. It is something that a lot of companies, particularly companies that were built on mining all that data and grabbing people's data in order to provide sometimes a service around that data somewhere else, are having to figure out how they're going to survive now. Because Either they're going to not be accepted to the app store or they're going to have to have that tracking turned off, which is like essentially their livelihood, and or have to amend and create a different app or something different for those apps in order for them to um, be accepted. We won't know what it is or how what implications in our life we get in our life because of iOS 14.5 until it's released, which... I don't know when. I don't know Any when. Any day now. Everyone's freaking out about it. All the people. So, Jess, this is a part of a discussion that I wanted to bring to the table for She Podcast. And I thought this is a good idea. And I really kind of want to test it out. I found this on the internet, of course. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it is called Podcasts and Pencils. A lunchtime coloring break. And this was something I came out. It's like a random library that had this thing. And the entire, and so I only put it in here as the idea. Okay. As the Mm -hmm. idea. Mm -hmm. But all it is, is you just set up a Zoom, like it's a Zoom call. You pick a podcast to listen to and you color together. I think it's the smartest thing in the world. It sounds so much fun, doesn't it? I really dig it. Do you want to do it with me? Yeah, let's do it. We can totally do it. Mind you, how fun would it be? Okay, so I am so in love with this idea to just like have it in my ears or even just to be together listening to the same episode and then call and just coloring. Like we don't have to talk. I mean, we can laugh and like engage or whatever. But just the fact that you get to just go listen to a show and color and that's it. I think it's fun. Yeah, it is. So. I think it's so fun. And you get and you get to I mean honestly, it's probably one of the few things that would actually have me listen to a podcast because I'd be sitting in one place but I'd be doing something else. Right? And that is the key, I think. Yes, that is the key. And yeah. also which makes me think Jessica Kupferman, I wonder mm-hmm. if we should have a she podcast coloring book or coloring pages. <gasps> <gasps> yes, we yeah! should. I could totally do that. Right? I can totally do that. Oh, my God. Yeah, I can totally do that. We can just have coloring pages that we pass out 
And then you like send them out and you can print them out. And of course, you know, if people really love them, we can, we can even have them or sell them or even have them be part of the baggie. If somebody can like sponsor that for She Podcast Live, I think it would be fantastic. Yes. I think that would be great. <laughs> I love that idea. Yay. 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 I just think it's fantastic. I just, I would like to see if there's a way for us to, like, I would want it to be funnish. I'm not sure I would want it to be too, like, learny. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not too learny. Not too learny. I'm not sure I want to oh, yeah. go deep into some <laughs> hardcore topic. I'd have to think about the kind of vibe we want. Or maybe it's just like we'll pick the podcast and then you'll know what you're showing up for. So if like you don't want to listen to that episode or whatever or that one specific show, then you don't show up to color. But if you're really into it, you do. I love that. I think that's great. Yeah. So let's do that it. Would be, look. Let's do it. I can totally put one together. I already have ideas as to what we could do. Oh, so John says that as long as you're, as you're not recording during the podcast, that he'd be cool with that. Aw. That's John. Okay. Mama. 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 All right. <laughs> okay, moving on. We have Bye. we're gonna be wrapping it up here soon. But oh, I wanted to let y'all know whoever is in the house, either right now or maybe later. I just put this in here, but there is a Futuro uh media group is looking for a senior producer, which is Futuro Media Group is a company that I adore. I love what they're doing. I lo I would love to work for them. They are so fantastic. So Futuro Unidad Inojosa is a unit of Futuro Media dedicated to producing special projects and investigative journalism. And they're seeking an experienced audio producer slash journalist to work as a senior producer with our senior correspondent, Maria Inojosa. Oh my God! If I was an audio producer, I would be. I would be like on this. So it would be amazing. I would love to work with her. Anyway, Maria Hinojosa is somebody that I just adore and I love. And I just think she's the amazing. Like she's like, oh my God. Like I am so like, oh. So if this makes you happy and if you think that this is the ideal thing for a job for you, uh, the link is in the show notes. Looks like a great gig. You right. are an audio producer. No, dude, not like this. No, no, no. You could absolutely like do this, this job. You could do this job. I know you can. Not like this. Yes, you could. I'm not sure I'm willing to commit. See, I'm not willing to commit. I'm also not a journalist. I have other things I'm doing. You are qualified right. to do this job. You just don't think you can commit to it. That's yes. two different things. Yeah, you are I can't commit to. She's no. right. She can't. She's right. I can't. But yeah, no, it no. would be amazing if she could. Yeah, but I just can't. Life would be a dream. But alas, it yeah. is there for those of you who would want it. And I think that I'm going to just to share this last. Do you have anything else that you want to wrap up with? Because these last two little things I have in here. I'm Actually, no, I did want to talk about the thing you were just on YouTube. Well, the YouTube. Oh, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Elsie found this article that I just absolutely love. Uh, YouTube is starting to experiment with hiding dislikes to protect YouTube creators' well-being. So I am not sure. I wasn't at first sure why this was news because I know that like a lot of kids' channels don't allow comments at all because they don't want their kids being bullied and, you know, et cetera and so forth. So now they've announced they're experimenting with hiding dislikes 
to discourage dislike mobs from deliberately downloading videos from creators and channels because, yeah, you can ruin someone's career. The experiment is a different implementation than the solutions they previously discussed. But it's similar to attempts that platforms like Instagram have taken to nip targeted attacks in the bud. So that's the goal. Hmm. It isn't exactly to protect their well-being, but more to protect them from being digitally ruined, I think. Right. Because it actually probably – it actually is in their best interest because those people are money makers for YouTube as well. Mm-hmm. So if an angry mob decides, for example, that they all hate Rachel Hollis and they start downvoting all of her videos, no one will see her content and then she won't be able to make as much money for YouTube as she previously did. But also, I think that the thing with a lot of these things is that it is like a mob thing. It's where I'm cool when it comes to appropriate responses to content that needs to be addressed or you need to highlight certain things that are perhaps not working, right? Or that they're being evil or horrible human beings in some way, shape, or form that is absolutely 100% not acceptable. But what I feel tends to happen with a lot of creators nowadays, it is that what we have known as, you know, that cancel culture that comes around. And part of it is that there's a lot of people who get on board with either their friends like, you know, you need to go down like this. And you're like, okay, for sure, I'll do it. And the uh, there is no participation nor knowledge from a lot of people. They're just like jumping on a bandwagon. And it continues to a place that is really, really unhelpful. Now, one of the reasons that I really like this, though, is, I mean, looking at our, which is actually connected to independent podcasters and their obsession with stats. Yeah. <laughs> Where we have set outside parameters or data points that somehow trigger good feelings or bad feelings in us that may or may not be the appropriate data points, but we have deemed them to be so. And I think that dislike button or like all of those things that we might see on videos even when you're looking at something that you posted on Facebook or something, and then somebody puts an angry face, then you only look at the person who did the angry face. Why did that person? Right. And that might totally mess your day up, right? It's true. I, it's true. I think that we have this weird relationship that now is completely outside the norm of reality. Like, why does that even matter? I So I think that this, this is an interesting communication or conversation because it's not different than finding a note on the floor of the high school gym that says i hate jessica which never happened to me by the way but i'm just saying it's the same it feels the same to us it feels the same yeah but mind you there was could you imagine if you walked down the hallway and all of the pieces of paper it was like thousands of pieces of paper that said i hate jessica on there like thousands upon thousands versus one i'm aware that's why I think it's in some ways it's good. But on the other hand, people will say, oh, you know, they're they're squelching freedom of speech, but they're not. They're just squelching on their own right, platform. Right. You can say you hate someone anywhere you want. Yeah. Just not but in I their. But I think it's the not in their place. Correcto. Right. Not on their. Hey, place. we have um, Patrick Keller who's wondering how you're doing, Jess. Uh, maybe we can close out the show today by uh, giving us a heads up. I'm a little pukey, but I'm good. 
Okay. Mentally, I'm, I guess if you're referring to that from last week, I'm better, I think. It was a text that I sent that you weren't feeling so good. Oh, yeah. No, I, yeah, everyone in this house is sort of a little down. I don't know why. I'm going after this recording to get my first vaccine. I'm oh so my excited. gosh, you're already feeling nauseous and now you're going to go get it. No, I think that's unrelated. No. No, I know it's unrelated, but that's what I'm saying. That it's like, I know, I'm already, I mean, doesn't that make it a good thing though? If I'm not feeling well, to just go ahead and full hog, not feel well for a couple days. <laughs> and then hopefully yeah. <laughs> I'll feel better. You know, like I don't want to, you know, do it on day when I feel great, I guess. So it all works out. Yeah. You know, so that's good. Good. I'm excited good, though. Good for you. First vaccine. Super exciting. Woo-hoo! Yay. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening today. I know Elsie has to go. Go ahead. Finish. No, no, no. I was just going to say at least half a sheet podcast will be vaccinated. We're working on it on this side of things as well. Yeah, uh, it's only my first one. But yeah, 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 yeah. I'm excited. So thank you guys so much for listening. You can find us on sheetpodcast.com, all the show notes, etc. And then um, you can find us on social at Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at Sheet Podcasts. Please send us some feedback. Let us know what you think about all the things at all the feedback. (laughs) <laughs> feedback at sheeppodcast.com. Don't forget to text us if you're feeling sassy today. The number is 302-240-3425 or you can text us at my.community.com forward slash sheeppodcast. Say hello to Miss Elsie Escobar. Thank you guys so much for listening. We love you. Mean it. Bye. <laughs>